Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that appears as regularly as a Rangers Kilmarnock match. This week on Heart and Hand, uh, well, that wasn't the most fun Saturday evening, was it? So, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host, as always. Now, some people say that Americans are nothing more than a bunch of reactionary, gun-toting, cheeseburger-eating, didn't turn up to the war until they were attacked rather than fight for freedom the way we did. Bunch of bastards. I don't agree with that, and that's why I'm happy to invite onto the show none other than Shane Nicholson. How you doing, mate? I'm good, David. You know, I, I must say, despite what everyone else says, you're an okay guy, too. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good. It's probably a good idea that I don't have access to to guns. Actually, the thing that when I was in America, I really wanted that I would have tried to smuggle home was a thing called a stun baton. That I hadn't seen one of these before, but it's basically like a cattle prod, and you could buy it from Walmart, which I think is just sensational. I have you not seen that? That, that, that was the Mounties' weapon of choice back of in the course, uh, so was. Well, I didn't know you could buy them over the fucking counter in a shop. Uh, I'd go to Walmart <laughs> right now and walk out with ten. <laughs> if I had one of them, I had an idea that it was going to be the um, it'd be like Judge Dredd, except it would be called the Arsehole Patrol. And basically, you'd walk about. So if you saw like like a teenager spitting needlessly, just walk over and stun him, and his his mum would go, "Why'd you do that?" It's like he was being an arsehole. He's been judged <laughs> by the Arsehole Patrol. So that idea is still out there, but apparently, smuggling these things into the country is illegal unless you, unless you buy thousands and get them direct from an arms manufacturer, then you're good. <laughs> Could you do a Patreon around that as well? Is that is that another thing you could set up? I could film it, couldn't I? I could, I could do a little lovely. <laughs> but uh, welcome back, Shane. It's been the ages since we've had you on. And uh, some good news for those of you who, who followed, shall we say, some of your previous work with the return of the mighty Copeland Road Org. Yes. No, we, we, we dug it back out. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I don't really feel like doing podcasts, so I'm just going to come on here and bother you every once in a while. 
But, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of cornered the market in podcasts these days. You'd, you'd be. It's, uh, I, God, can you imagine me doing like a six hour show anymore now? Uh, I, I'd prefer if you didn't. I've got people paying for that shit now. Don't don't give it away. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you know, you're, you're just getting out of my racket, dude. And uh, I'm not I'm not down with that at all. But uh, you know, it's good it's good to have you back. Some cracking articles Thank up there already, and people should be going and checking it out. Of course, always support independent Rangers media because, as we've seen, uh, the media in this country aren't all that friendly towards us. So it's nice to get some balance in there. Uh, Shane, let's go to Saturday night. I'm afraid we must. And Rangers took on Kilmarnock yet again. Uh, I, I honestly feel there's been more of them than there are Death Wish sequels. <laughs> uh, at this point, oh, well, has Jimmy Page done the soundtrack to one of the Kilmarnock matches yet? That's yeah, exactly. Well, I don't even think Jimmy Jimmy Page appearing on the roof of Buckingham Palace to do Cashmere would have made uh, the match that much more interesting. It was I, I, Kilmarnock are really well organised and they work really hard and they're well drilled and well coached, but there's not really an awful lot of. Uh, football being played by them and they stopped us and I think both teams in all honesty with about 20 minutes to, to go went do you know what we we can't we want to win it but we're going to make damn sure we don't lose it and we'll take our chances in the replay yeah I, I don't know is it six times we've seen them now this season that this will be the sixth but there will be a seventh uh, yeah. after the split yeah I mean, you know they, they play in their own half they play in about two thirds the width of the pitch you can't break them down you know, I mean, you, really, your only hope is firing crosses and somebody getting on the end of the header. And Jermaine Defoe was never going to do that. So, uh, yeah, I it, it was it was awful. I it, it, and get people like raising the question is is Gerard somehow backed himself into a position where his system doesn't work without Morales? It's, no, it's just that that's breaking them down. It's it's not going to happen, especially against us. I mean, because <laughs> they're going to turn it up ten notches. Every time they're playing us, so, correct. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I, they are. Look, I think we sometimes you do need to to give a bit of credit to the opposition side that Kilmarnock are actually very well drilled. Everyone knows their job. Everyone knows where they're supposed to be. They double up constantly, and they, as you said, they get that extra ten percent in their legs that makes them run that bit harder because it's us and it's live TV, Scottish Cup game. It's a big match for them. Um, and and they didn't threaten in all honesty. They'd won in the first half. Malumbu that Andy Halliday cleared off the line. Apart from that, I don't think Shagger was was tested. It's a shame we didn't use one of his suspensions up uh, if, if the appeal's not rescinded. But we will come to that as well. But um, yeah, the the, the Morelos thing you you brought it up there, and I don't know if it's a case that the, the the system he wants to play doesn't work when Morelos isn't there. It's so much as it will take a, a bit of time for people to get used to it in the side because quite often we were playing these long diagonals that Alfie will just go and win and control and make something of and it ends up looking like a half-decent ball. But you're right, Jermaine Defoe is not going to barrel out to the wing, collect a ball in his chest, turn around and smash past three defenders. That's not his game. His game is about sharp movement inside the box and we weren't, I thought, alive to that. I think he made a lot of good runs that... that the players, the midfielders, didn't quite pick up, never mind the Kilmarnock defence. And so it looks as though he's ineffective. And in a way, he is because you didn't get the ball to him. But he was there to be found. We just couldn't find him. Well, I, I, I mean, there's a lot to that in so much as our three midfielders were passengers for pretty much the whole match. And I'm still, I, you know, I, I, Scott Arfield, I think, can be a very fantastic piece. But he's obviously 
still whatever happened in the old firm match, he's still carrying something. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely. He's two steps off the pace all the time. You know, I mean, you can sit there. There were multiple times that match where Kent, you know, looking for a return ball and our field's already. To, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's tough to watch. It's tough to watch because he is talented enough to do yeah, that. But absolutely, I, I mean, I think the the all three of them are good players. I don't think either him or Jack got involved in the match at all. In all honesty, I thought no. McCrory played well and got better as it went on. Um, I, I'm a big oh, he's a man fan. By Mano, so, but yeah. Yeah, I thought he competed really well. And I think you can see progress because I remember going to Rugby Park just before Christmas last season and he was up against Malumbu and he bounced off him. You know, Malumbu just absolutely dominated him from start to finish. And he didn't hear. Yeah, he got the better of him sometimes. He will do. He's a good player. But McCrory, I thought, overall won the battle. And that that's physical development. But also, his game's coming along a little bit. But... A wee bit surprised we didn't see Stephen Davis a bit earlier. Yeah, that, that was actually the first. You know, we we were in the old group chat, requisite group chat at halftime, and I mean that that was the first thing I was calling for was just get our field off and get Davis on. I mean, at least give you give you some kind of chance out of the field. Um, but uh, didn't happen. So, is this maybe a a sign of Stephen Gerrard's conservatism slightly at times. It has been mentioned before that he can be a little bit conservative in his substitutions and that it's a situation where he's going, well, I could put him on and we could win the game, but those three are working really hard and the key thing at the moment is not to concede a goal. And I suppose in a way it was. Had Kilmarnock got one, we were out. We were not scoring. Um, I think it looked at that stage. So other times that you think maybe he's like, well, we're maybe playing a three. I could roll the dice and it could come up a six, but it could come up a one as well. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I have to wonder if it's like a contractual obligation for Rangers managers not to make substitutions before the 60th minute. <laughs> <laughs> you just cannot do anything. Don't change shape. Don't change any of the personnel. 61 minutes. All right. Not, now we can start even talking about it before we even Walter, get to the yeah. point and make it up. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, but but again, I mean, we're, we're still talking about a first-year manager, right? You know, yep. I mean, he's yeah. developing just as well, too. So, you know, you, you see the individual development of players like with McCrory, then, then you take that on as a, as a accomplishment of the manager as well as the individual. Um, I, you know, I, would, I, I think we've seen better from Gerard as the season's gone along. Um, and, and, you know, you just have to hope that he keeps developing at the, the same rate some of the, the some of the young players are too. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on into the uh, probably the biggest talking point of the match, or the biggest talking points, which uh, unfortunately were refereeing decisions again. Firstly, Rangers penalty. Um, I thought Stonewall penalty. Um, I thought Kurt Broadfoot dived full length and uh, made a great save, but you're not really allowed how, how to do that. that? How was that? He was, that? that was my thing. That the only thing I can think of is that the referee thought. It was, see, the last man thing and the, the, the handball thing is meant to be if it's a deliberate attempt to play ball. But I've seen guys sent off for handling accidentally on the line with the FC, but it doesn't matter that you didn't mean it. You know, you had your hand up. I I thought it was a red card because it, it prevented, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it was going in, but it was certainly on target. Well, it's, and, it's a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity, right? Yeah, and deliberate as well. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like the double whack. You know, if it's a legit attempt to play the ball, 
um, in the box now because of the whole double jeopardy thing. You 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 get the penalty, but you don't get the red card anymore. So that's the only thing I can think saved him. But uh, he was very lucky when on a yellow card he made another three fouls, at least two of which were verging on yellow card territory. But um, he stayed on. The real one that was the absolute shocker, of course, was the was the Alan Power kick at Ryan Jack. <laughs> and he, he, he goes, leads with a boot at head height. I've watched it several I cannot see. And, you know, I'm trying to take off the blue-tinted specs. I cannot see how in any planet, in any football match, that isn't a red card because he's dangerous. It's excessive force. He's out of control. He's endangering an opponent. Every single phrase you want oh, to take from the every box. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and of of course, the bigger question is, uh, and you know, we, we we'll come to this in a minute. Is of course sightings, but how, how can a ref be a yard away from that? And and this is what we mean when we talk about when people call it cowardice, call it corruption, call it even just bad refereeing, which is what I would like it to be because I don't want it to be something sinister. But how can a referee look at that? If they know the rules and they're trained and not instantly think, as you said, well, that ticks every box for a red card he's got to go. I, I'd i like to think, with, you know, somebody as experienced as Madden that, that, that you know, hopefully the uh, ongoing that, that, media... That, this, was Muir, this was Muir on Saturday, Alan Muir. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, you, you know, that, that, that well, even, yeah, uh, still, very experienced official. Um, that, that, that doesn't start trickling in uh uh to the psyche you, you know the the want to um uh i don't know i, I guess give in to the, the you know is like this campaign of pressure media campaign of pressure or what the fuck celtic have done from you know the match on 29 december up until now to heavily try to influence referees like you say you hope it's just a guy missing a call um in which case it's excusable and in which case then the compliance officer should surely be able to take action on it if she show chooses but you know that's that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. um i i i i don't know i you know i mean it's he's right like, like you say he's two yards away he sees it you know uh we we go back with uh uh was it was it beaten um in the Aberdeen match i believe or is that Matt? and all right yeah now now i now i know where i'm making my subject but you know with the shagger incident where, where he's Taking this two-man fan, I mean, he's clear-sighted and fifteen yards away. He clearly saw that incident and chose not to. You know, so I mean, I I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I guess they're probably all just shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that is, uh, there, there's a certain element. Uh, well, I, you know, get full-time officials finally. You know, we want to sit around and talk about VAR and all this other stuff, but make them full-time officials finally. You know, make that their profession, not not something that they. Obviously, they're very well compensated. Some of them, this might be their only gigs. But honest to God, I mean, we, we've been talking about this shit for ten years now. You yeah. know, I, I, it's never their only gig. They all have other jobs, and you're right. It, it's very lucrative if you work in another role and are a full time professional referee because they walk away with a grand from every match. Now, if you do thirty to forty matches a season um, on top of a full time job then yes, it's, it's hard work and yeah, you're going to have to put hours in, but you're, you're doing all right for yourself. You know, it, let's not pretend that these are our poor referees that are um, hard done to. They, they do well out of being a referee on top of their, on top of their lives. And 
I do think that asking them to go full-time isn't that big a step. What I do enjoy, Shane, is whenever you mention full-time referees, that what the, the SFL get their press cheerleaders to do is scan English football for a mistake in the top division and go, ha-ha, well, there's a full-time ref. And you're like, right, well done. You know, you, there were 10 matches, you found in one of them an incident that the ref was, was wrong. Uh, nobody's saying referees don't get things wrong. It's how often they get things wrong. And in Scotland, it's an awful lot. And that takes us to the... Oh, just before we move on, Tav misses a penalty. Manager says he's still on. I admit, uh, and I realised the reason for it, because I was doing for a show on the site, I was looking back at 2003... And it was an interview with Barry Ferguson. He talked about Mikel Arteta's penalty against Infermline. He said, well, I'd missed two, so I was off them. And so I always, I think I took from that back then, and it just crystallised in my mind as a rule, that if you missed two in quick succession, you were off penalties. So that is two in a couple of weeks. The manager has said he's continuing. Any any doubts about that or any questions that maybe might be, Alfie, you have a wee run with this? I, I don't understand. Why does he change how he takes penalties? I don't understand this. Because when he was doing the just blast it in the top of the net, it was fine. Now now he's, I mean, he is hitting the penalty that every goalkeeper in the world would want you to hit. Mm-hmm. It's waist height into the side of the net. You know, and it is long, I mean, and obviously it's always going to the right for him, to the left for the keeper. So once he, I mean, there isn't a goalkeeper in the world that wouldn't want to face him taking penalties right now. I mean, he's, he's obviously settled in and then this being his technique, it's, it's, it's the, I mean, you literally train kids at youth level, do not hit penalties in this fashion. It's the yeah. easiest one to save. If you're going to hit low, hit low, hit on the deck, play for a corner. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. Yes. Alfred will <laughs> definitely put him I mean, when he's back. Give anyone else a chance right now. Yeah, give I, give just, just hammer the ball. I've just always been with the rule that, you know, Miss one, fair enough, that can happen. Miss two, in quick succession, you know, if you miss your 15th and your 56th, that's okay. But if you miss two in a matter of weeks, then I would take someone off them, yeah. But it doesn't appear the manager is, is going to do that. His decision, of course. So. Uh, there you go. Uh, he, he, he also, he loves Tav. I mean, he, he absolutely oh. adores Tav. He's, he's one of his boys. And yeah, fair enough. But I just think it adds it because the next time he gets one, I think there will be a nervousness among the supporters. But he, I mean, he showed against St. Mern, he can, he can rise to it. But uh, moving on then to, so kind of dull match. Um, a draw, probably. Rangers had a better chance, but a draw, probably a fair result. And we'll, we'll take them back to Ibrox. But you mentioned their sighting, and a lot of controversy came about on Friday night when after what appeared to be sustained pressure from the media, particularly um, sports scene over here, which uh, ran the incident over and over and over, uh, Rangers found two of the, well, one player cited and one player had an appeal dismissed. Alfredo Morelos is uh, strangely quickly fast, fast-tracked appeal was turned down and his red card given against Aberdeen stands and he, he faces a three-game suspension, uh, one of which has now been played. But uh, Alan McGregor was cited for the aforementioned incident. Um, yeah, at Rangers fans, slightly up... Now, I will qualify this by saying a lot of Rangers fans, uh, sensible ones, they felt it was a red card defence and it was uh, something that he probably did deserve punished for. Uh, I don't agree with that, but I understand that certainly there's enough dubiety there because 
you know, they've been ex-players as well. They've been fans. So I, I'm okay, believe it or not. I'm okay with them being cited. I personally disagree with it, but I get it. I can understand it. What riled me was the fact that there were three incidents in the Celtic Hibs match on the same night, which were as bad, if not far worse, which is the Brown tackle, the Semenovic elbow, and I, I don't even want to call it a dive because Oliver Burke's attempt at it is a disgrace to the good name of people who have at least learned how to dive properly. Um, three very obvious citations, all of which were rejected, and that's when it grates a little bit because that's when it's, well, hang on a minute, how, how is a system fair? I, I mean the, the three. Well, I mean Scott Brown is never going to be retroactively punished at this point, is he? True. I mean, we know that it, it doesn't matter. He can go and over the ball, two footed on every single tackle, and he's going to be lucky to get a card on the pitch. So, um, and, and an interesting point. It, it, this came up after the match, but over the past two seasons, he's been yellow carded in the same percentage of matches as Morales. Now, one is a thug and a, a detriment to the game. And, and scarring the image of Scottish football worldwide, you know, and the other one is Scott Brown somehow. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Uh, the flying elbow uh, certainly belonged in the WWE scene, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. That, uh, that, that's, uh, it and was, I'm, not, I'm not being a dick about it. I'm not going over to a Celtic player. He quite clearly runs at the guy with his arm raised and then jumps into yeah. him. It's, again... <laughs> Reckless, very, very Lex opponent. Luger, Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, and uh, the the Bark dive. I, the only justification we've heard for it was, oh, but the ref didn't award a penalty, therefore he didn't get an advantage. That isn't the rule. That's nope. not the rule. They made that up. Uh, well, it, it's funny, you know, as, as we point out on, on the crow there. I mean, the, there was no no precedent and no guideline by which to get Morales' three match ban. I mean. Had they followed their own precedent that they followed with him earlier in the season, he very obviously shouldn't have been banned. Mm. So, I mean, it, it's just the, the lack of consistency. You know, you can look at the individual incidents and the sides involved and whatever, but now, now we're talking about the same player uh, being reviewed under the same guidelines from an incident that happened at the same ground earlier this season. Um that one was rescinded, and this one was upheld, and now he's given the extra the extra match as well. So mm. it's it it just it baffles the mind. I I, I can't I I don't know. I you know um because you know we we said on the site. I mean it's trial by sports scenes, whatever the hell they want to show. And of course you had Jonathan Sutherland online there after the fact, as I said, you know building a house out of straw men. That well you know we we. How are we supposed to make these editorial decisions? On one? It's literally your fucking job. <laughs> your job is to show, to make the decisions around what is shown on your program. If you show a replay of one incident in the Rangers match seven fucking times and then don't show even a single instance of any of these instances, um, guess what? You know? Nah. Uh. That is, I think, something that's real in Rangers fans because it's not just been mentioned by Rangers supporters, it's been mentioned by fans of other clubs that they feel that the in matches that they attend that don't feature Rangers or Celtic, and we'll you know, we'll come to Celtic in a minute, but that there is this what they call trial by sports scene, which is that 
certain incidents in matches are not picked up, but then on sports scene they will pick up something that happened in a match and their player will randomly get a ban. And as I say, that this is not just old firm related that they'll say, Well, hang on, I was at a game last week and this same thing happened. You didn't put it in your coverage for whatever reason, and the guy escapes a ban. So how is this system fair? And it's hard to argue with because we all know that if something is flagged up on sports scene, and it always will be if it involves us, that the likelihood is action will be taken. The stats suggest this, with, of course, the news that Rangers top the table of um, on-pitch citations. Celtic haven't had a single one in a decade. That it becomes very difficult to avoid, as you say, that editorial policy, which I think we all expect from the BBC, is skewed one direction. But the authorities surely have a duty to all their clubs to say, we either implement the system wholly or we accept we can't implement it at all. I, I, I don't know what the solution is. And probably, you know, it, it doesn't just, um, this isn't just a problem just at that level. I mean, you know, just go back and look at the back pages from the day after, right? And this is, when you have someone, you don't have a panel in there making these decisions, right? A dedicated panel. I mean, in this case, you had three Tims brought in to, to expedite this this process on a Friday afternoon. You know, I mean, they stack they stack the panel out of, what, 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 isn't it 10 people available, I think, that they have to draw from? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they picked the three. They knew what result they were going to get. But, you know, you, you go through the week, you go through the coverage the day after, you know, what was it? Nut job, red rage, red devil. You know, and it was all the picture of Morales is what happened to come down on McKenna's nuts. I wish he would have fucking followed through and kicked him a hell of a lot harder had we known this was going to happen. Damn now, man. one of them showing the bastard kicking him in the face, you know. So I, I, I don't I mean, one feeds the other. Right. You know, the, the trial by sports scene gets fed by the by, by media driving into that narrative that feeds in the CEO. And if you get the results that you want, guess what? You're going to keep doing the same thing. I mean, so at some point, the SFA has to be able to step in and say, no, we're going to take back control of our own game, not seed it to fucking television producers uh, and, and actually you know, regulate. Mm. And and I think that there is growing concern among not just Rangers, and that's something that Rangers have to work with other clubs and say, right, okay, we're all getting together and we're gonna we're gonna deal with this. Um, power has, of course, not been cited, and I think we all knew that anyway. But it's again this this Stuart Billy say, oh, the referee saw it and dealt with it at the time. Yet Hibbs had a player who was booked last week who's been cited for the same incident. So it's blatant and obvious inconsistencies. And of course, when that happens, people are going to look for reasons for them, and the most obvious reason is usually um, because of personal decisions um speaking of which in opinions and coloring shane um for those of you who've heard him before uh works in the media and has done for a number of years and i always like to chat to him a little bit about things that i think i notice in the media to see whether or not i'm barking completely up the wrong tree or if there might be something to it and shane one of the things that has concerned me and uh i don't think it's unfair to say that you live in a country that there's a little bit of racial tension would that be fair no what? Oh, no, I, I keep, I keep never, reading. I never noticed it. <laughs> right, okay, oh, that, that, that's, that's cool. But it's certainly <laughs> probably more more prevalent where you live than uh, in in Ayrshire, which is, shall we say, a, a fairly not much of a melting pot. <laughs> 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 
We don't have an awful lot of uh, disparate cultures down here. We've got prodies, and that's pretty much it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but one of the things I've noticed about is is what I would call subtle confirmation bias that comes in the media about certain certain players, and the one in particular is Alfredo Morelos. And it's a big word when you bandy the word racism about it. And I know it makes people, especially in Britain, uncomfortable. So I accept that and I try not to do it. And I think that we, you can kind of use the term xenophobia. Most people agree. A lot of Rangers fans think it's nothing to do with that with Morelos. It's more to do with his who he plays for. And I do accept that that's a huge thing. But there is still an element of, I believe, um, a, a, for, a, a certain forwarding of a narrative and it comes about through little things like hothead, Latin temperament, South American, uh, you know, that they do that, that kind of thing. And it's a, something I think that, that maybe we are not so familiar with, but it's a term that, that you hear a lot in America, which is othering, which is about taking someone out of, if you like, this, the mainstream group and saying they are different and therefore you can treat them differently and react to them differently. Is that fair with Alfredo, or am I being a little bit, well, I, as the I, term says, snowflakey? I, I, I think it's 100% fair. I don't, I don't know, you know, in your case, I don't think it's a strict um, racism issue. You know, I mean, the, the, the city I live in here of 150,000 people, I mean, you can draw a line down one street on the west side and pretty much split the town in half, you know. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just American reality is steep in, in you know, these racist ideologues and everything that's persisted for 400 years. You should build what a wall. Was, you should build a wall or something. It's great. I know it'd be, it, it, you couldn't fail, could it? No, no, that's a great <laughs> idea. Quite cheap as well, from what I hear. <laughs> um, the, the thing I'm seeing with Morales, and if we've seen, uh, fuck, just go back to Pedro. Go back to Kishina, right? It's, it's not really racism, is it? It's more of a, if we can borrow a term from our old Donegal friend, the xenophobia of some sorts. You know, I, I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is othering. It's being able to decontextualize somebody, which allows you to then kind of almost in a sense dehumanize them. Yeah. Um, it, it makes it easier for you to construct these, these attacks around them that have nothing to do with, you know, in this case, I mean, very clearly we're talking about somebody's professional ability. Right. We're, we should be talking about his qualities as a footballer. But instead, you know, like I was just saying, you go back and, and look at these look at these back pages the day after the day after the 4-2 match in which, you know, if you follow the narrative online, especially outside of the bubble of Scottish football, everybody who was watching this match in England, uh, I'm pretty sure it was on TV here or else there, there's just a lot of people streaming Rangers matches for some reason. Um we're talking about, I mean, it was actually a good spectacle. It was a well-played match. It had a little, you know, there was a lot going on. Uh, but, of course, the very next day in Scotland, what's it about? You know, again, you know, Jared, Alfie's killing his career. When the fuck did Steven and Jared say that? I, 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 miss, I missed that in the press conference after that. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, and this is the ability for them to, to, to spin this um, and the want to spin it. And, and then I don't, I wouldn't. Call it racism because it's not steeped in the same way the problems in this country are. But it is very much a xenophobic or sheltered, you know, the, the islander type position uh, is is where I would uh, where I would leave it. I think that I agree with you. By the way, that it's not 
based in racism. It's not he's black and I don't like him because of that. I agree with that. Because in there terms of that removing... <laughs> yeah, but, but in terms of removing someone from, as I say, the mainstream and therefore being able to treat them the same way, they do it with us as fans. They do it with Rangers right. supporters where we become this big amorphous mass of just, they are not people, they are Rangers fans. And therefore we can ascribe them this set of beliefs and therefore we can write about them in ways and talk about them in ways and treat them in ways that we wouldn't do to other people. And it's been happening to Rangers fans for decades now um, where you are told you believe this. You know, hang on a minute, I don't recall. Saying, no, no, you're a Rangers fan, therefore you think this and you support that and therefore you're all the same and we don't need to treat you as individuals and with the same rights as other individuals have. We can write about you in a derogatory way, we can speak about you in a derogatory way, we can treat you as somehow less. And that is now being extended towards, as I say, our best player because they fear him, because he's our best player, because he's the best player in the country. But it doesn't make it right. No, it, 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 I mean, you know, like you're saying there, and the, and the the wider societal impacts. I mean, just just look look at the actions pre-match by the police, who you know, from from some accounts, were embarrassed on some levels of what they ha- they had to be. But I mean, you're stopping busloads, full supporters on their way to watch a football match. You know, I mean, this this is your priority, right? I mean, this is a social priority. That this is the prerogative for what as a society, you should be concentrating on in your country right now. No, it's it's absurd. And, and like you said, I mean, that, that element does, again, you know, it's it's the flow the same way with, with trial by sports, seeing the different layers that that flows into the different paths and different streams it has to go down. It does the same thing here. And then, yes, it, it ends up coming down on, I mean, an amazingly gifted footballer who we should, I mean, I, how how is a football fan in that country can you not feel lucky? I mean, yes, he doesn't play for your team, but have a player that gifted playing in your country again? Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's been a while. It's been a damn long time mm-hmm. since you've seen a player that good at, at that level at this point in his career doing what he's doing on a football pitch. And instead of accepting that and embracing it and using it as a as a mechanism to be able to continue to elevate the game. The first reaction is to tear it down and to immediately want him out. It's it, it's I, I don't know. It's it's sad. I mean, it's a, it's a sad indictment, but it's it's what people have been saying about Scottish football since. I mean, at least the, the early nineties, certainly coming through the two thousands and everything else, is that it's a not only has it's not that it's become a backwater. It's that it has willfully done yes. it to itself by the way it's treated people who've tried to come in and better the game. Yeah, yeah. look at this funny foreigner with these ideals, and, and you're right, it does go back to, to Kishinia where you can go back and say, well, anything that's different, anything that, that's not if you like, something that the the old guard of the game are comfortable with, gets viewed with suspicion, and look, you can simplify and say a lot of this is just due to the fact that people don't like Rangers, but I do think that it's a technique that's been applied to us as supporters, that's now been applied to him as a player with the idea of to to chase him out of the game because they fear him. And look, Rangers will sell Alfredo Morelos in the summer because I think he's at the stage he wants that move and we'll cash in on him. But this stuff doesn't help with that. And yeah, it, it's, it's really awesome. We all know that the, uh, oh, he's not that type of player, he's not that type of lad. Defence is trotted out constantly by the media if someone does something similar to Morelos, but never applied to him. 
because right. he's South American, he's a hothead. Um, that's what they're like. That's you know that that's the the undertone of it, and therefore he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't get the well. He's not that type of lad. Whereas if you you know speak to people in and around Rangers, they'll tell you he's actually quite a quiet kid. You know, um, the other players quite like him. Keeps himself to himself really because his his English isn't good. Only chats mainly through and to Daniel Kandias, which. You know, understandable but uh yeah the, the it, it's bizarre that this guy gets treated the way he does and spoken about the way he does i mean i, I saw some dreadful things online last week people might have seen the aberdeen match thread the aberdeen chat room match thread their, their official not official but the one of their bigger fan sites um well, they refer to him as Harvey after um, Katie price's kid and there were some other terms used there that to be honest i really didn't think you you would see in 2019 being used about him. And I don't believe for a second that that sort of language would have been getting used about, for example, Moussa Dembele, um, if he had scored against them, because I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that they have been emboldened to react that way to Morelos because he's not a human, he's just a thug and an animal and we can refer to him the way we, we like because he doesn't deserve the courtesy or the basic decency that anybody else should have. I mean, can, can we go back, can somebody go back and, you know, maybe look at press clippings from his uh, his previous staff uh, before he landed at Rangers? I mean, was there the same kind of, of, of hatred? And, no, and, you not, know, not no of course not. Course not because it, because it doesn't exist and I mean look, look at the simplification of you know South American that's Doug or so you know whatever I, was Ronald did we all sit there and watch Ronaldinho and think man what a fucking thug that guy no I mean it's <laughs> that's not I mean it, it, it's applied a, a, on a completely reactionary basis uh, uh, just you know according to whatever the hell the circumstances are in this case a very good player with Rangers who is able to use his body to out muscle. You know, these big, strong Scottish fucking, ooh, you know, playing on a rainy fucking Thursday night in, in our growth kind of guys. Who, okay, but they're not as good at football as him. I mean, that that's what's happening. It's it's not him, you know, being a thug or, or doing or, uh, you know, these little dirty tricks. You know, I mean, you see that one sneaking there. Dirty is always one of those little those little othering words. No, he's just better than him. And, and enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's depressing, but uh, unfortunately we've got a long way to go before we fix it. Shane, as always, it has been nothing but a pleasure chatting to you. Yeah. I will get on to you later on about where to send the aforementioned Mountie-style cattle prods. But where can people go <laughs> if they want to read more from the wonderful Mr. Shane Nicholson? <laughs> well, you can always find me on Twitter at Void. It's O-F Void. And uh, yeah, the copelandroad.org is back i am not writing everything so don't don't blame me uh, <laughs> if like and if you don't like it don't fucking read it i mean that's all i can really tell yeah. you yeah yeah it's kind of a voluntary consumption yeah i always <laughs> get surprised when people say that like, oh i hate that guy edgar and I was like, well, i'm not intruding on your life mate you actually have to go out of your way to, well, to, you, to you listen to the yeah yeah true that um, we can burst in their house and tie them down yeah. <laughs> no, I've got Patreon accounts for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I swore to the magistrate I'd stop that. So rules, rules, <laughs> rules, mate. You know, you've got to, you've got to just follow that through. I should meant been... to be broken, David. Rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> Probation isn't. Uh, <laughs> 
it's frowned upon. Okay, folks, the, the Patreon that Shane has been referring to is our, our site where you get to five shows every single day. And to visit that, it's just patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And uh, just one ninety nine per month. I think you'll enjoy it. We'll be back on Thursday with a preview of the weekend's match. Until then, I'd just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Mills. And to thank my guest. Uh, it, it's been too long and we'll have him back on in a lot shorter this time. Shane, thank you very much, buddy. Thank you, thank you again, Brad. Right, we will talk to you again on Thursday. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.